Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. One of Starkville's oldest, most respected, and most humorous on Twitter local businesses. I, I, take, I take that into account, you know. If you don't have great social media as a business, I, I don't know. I don't know. In this day and age, you feel like I feel like you need that. That's why Strange Brew Coffee House does so well. Not, it doesn't hurt that their products are fantastic. And their service is top-notch. The funny tweets, that's what's getting them in the door, though. No, I don't know if that's the case or not. But I do know that what Joel said is accurate. There's just no better coffee house in town. And, of course, we know about their service. It is legendary. It's been open for so long. It's, it's a place that everybody knows. You don't really come to Starkville if you don't make a stop there. So make sure you do that this weekend. Head over to Strange Brew and start your day off on the right Foot College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise in Central Mississippi. Guys, we are we are in the Father's Day warning zone. Right now, we're under a Father's Day watch right this second. All right. It's not a warning just yet. We're in a watch. You know, the chance of new balance shoes and cargo shorts is very high. You need to tell those who that you love, they're gonna ask, what do you want for Father's Day? You want some brand new maroon and white merchandise, and you want to get it from College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. When you head up to Starville this weekend, make sure that if you haven't already, you've got Humble Taco on the list of things to do. You just can't miss Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, Mexican Fair with Mississippi Roots, a unique menu unlike you've ever seen here in this state. It's not just your typical tacos and burritos. It's a, a, a real... A celebration of Southern food and Mexican food on the same plate. It's something you've never seen before and you won't see anywhere else. So put it on the list of things to do. Head over there, sit on the patio, enjoy a margarita or a local beer, grab some great food, then head over to Duty Noble. You won't regret it when you go to Humble Taco. Joel, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez back together. Your thoughts? Ben A-Rod's mad. Benifer is back. Your wife's Katie? Jalady? I don't know. I don't think that really works. Cole? Cole, no. Uh-huh. No. I could be Brinifer. That doesn't really roll off the tongue, though, either. Yeah. Janian? No, not at all. That sounds like a, a demon's name, right? Feels like be right there with Belial. We, I mean, we could have combined, because her maiden name's Brooks, so we could have been Crooks. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, then. We were talking about this not long ago. You know, we were talking about Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. Well, no, we can come back to them in just a second. Okay. But my wife and I were talking not too long ago about how, you know, we got married now twelve years and one day ago. Yeah, and we didn't have any kind of wedding day engagement period lead up to the wedding hashtag. You know, everybody's got a hashtag. Oh yeah, well, it didn't exist in my day. You know? And 
we were trying to debate what would ours have been, mm-hmm. and we couldn't come up with anything. Well, I'm, I'm glad that, that I, there were no such options for mine because I don't want to know what they would have been. You know, she chose him, question mark. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. All right. Another day of MSU sports to, uh, to talk about. And uh, I got a question for you. Uh, we're going to talk about some, we got some baseball, just some, some high level questions kind of things. I've been thinking about this season, and you know, there were two points in this season where I was I was concerned about this baseball team. After the Tulane series, and after the Arkansas series, and even in between those two series, I, I saw you know the team they're, they're they I, I never got past it. This team's pretty good. They're pretty good. They they've ended up becoming an elite team. You know mm-hmm. they're ranked you know as high, I think they're third. You've done the other thing today. They are number three in every poll. That has been released so far, and the uh, what's the last? There's one, yeah. The NCBWA it releases late on Monday, right. so it ain't it ain't out yet. But in every other poll, they're number three, except for a perfect game where they're still number two. They were number two last week too. Okay, so. I was wondering what poll had stayed. So just a little inside baseball here. Whenever we get a media relations release regarding any MSU team, whatever poll has stayed higher, that is what they will have as the ranking. So this week, the, the releases we got had the number two MSU Bulldogs, and I don't keep up with perfect games, so I was like, in what poll are they two? Yeah. Joel has now given us that information. So, so that was my thought process. This team was, they're pretty good. They've become an elite team. Was I just off that first few months of the season? Was this team always this good and I wasn't seeing it? Or have they evolved and have they gotten better as the year goes along? Well, I think they've evolved and gotten better. Okay. I mean, you've seen... Guys, that back when Mississippi State played Tulane, you wouldn't have so much trusted trotting out of the bullpen, mm-hmm. and now you kind of do. Yeah, you re- you remember back when State's playing Tulane? I mean, the guys you trusted out of the pen were Landon Sims, mm-hmm. Brandon Smith. Yeah, and beyond that, you because Houston Harding really wasn't part of the pen at that. No, point. he was, he was a midweek guy. guy. Um, beyond that, you really didn't have a just a. A go-to guy that you kind of really trusted for sure out of the pen. That's, there's been talent there the whole time. I'm not trying to take that away from Mississippi State. But now, going into a weekend, I feel darn good if Preston Johnson trots out to the mound. Mm-hmm. You know, and Stone Simmons has worked his way into that. Mm-hmm. Cam Tuller. Cam Tuller. I mean, State now has so many options. Now, look, would you rather run Landon Timms out there three times in a weekend? Yeah. I mean. In a perfect world. In a perfect world. But again, on MLB the show. Yeah, as we talked about yesterday at nauseum, and it still apparently is a pretty big topic out in Mississippi State message board Twitterverse. Lamonis is not going to run, you know, Landon Sims out there repeatedly and let him throw thirty-four pitches one day, and then may throw thirty-five. Then you're just not going to see that day after day after day. You might see him for a couple innings on a Friday, and then he comes back and gives you one on a Sunday. But you're you're not going to see Lamonis overuse his guys. You're just not going to see that. And I think it's benefited Mississippi State because you have seen a Preston Johnson or a Stone Simmons or a Cam Tuller or a, you know, Parker Stinnett. I know he's kind of a little bit up and down and can be wild at times, but he's still a guy that if he goes out there and strikes out the side in order, you're not surprised. He's really good. Uh, these guys, their roles have evolved. I think the pin is – deeper and more trustworthy than it was after the two-line series. And from an offensive standpoint, not that it's a perfect offensive team, but State has gotten to the point now where I don't go into a weekend thinking they may not hit. 
Right. There were some weekends there yeah. towards the beginning where it's kind of, you know, if they're going to have to win I three mean, one when Rowdy wasn't hitting. Of yeah. course, Hatcher hadn't hit all year. Um, when he was in the lineup, and you know, you, you kind of went into every weekend thinking, uh, I don't know, Cam James going to pop one, or you know, Hancock's going to have to have a big day, kind of thing. Now you feel pretty comfortable up and down the lineup that any of the nine could could get you a big knock at some point. And I just feel like they're a more complete team. If you ask me, like, when was I most worried about the team, it actually it wasn't after the Arkansas series. Because I sat here and told you at that point, that was 24 games into the season after the Arkansas series. And I told you I trusted the sample size over the, the first 21 more than I did those three. And that has proven to be the case. After Tulane, though, I was a little worried because I was at the point where, man, I don't know, State's not hitting well. Uh, they were lucky to win that series. I mean, I they were. there's no I don't I hate saying lucky. They earned it, but it, it's like they they were they got you, they pulled it they out had, by the skin of the teeth. They had two walk off wins. Yeah, and and it, it's the same thing. You know, you get you get all twenty seven outs. You're allowed to use them. But at the same time, you feel like they should have yeah. been better in that series. I mean, the Kent State series was a fight. Yeah. I mean, it, the team was at a point back then where I, I think that a couple things were happening. You were figuring out roles. Um, you had some guys working through some early season struggles. And, I mean, you just – there comes a point where you have to let it register with yourself that, oh, yeah, we are darn good. And I think Mississippi State's at that point now. You know, I don't think there's a game that Mississippi State will play the rest of the way where they won't feel like going in they're fixing to win. You know, I don't think there's a game they'll play the rest of the way where they fall behind and, you know, their their rear ends get tight. I think they expect now to win and they feel like they are one of the country's elite teams and they're no longer going on just reputation. It's such a small thing, but the fact that you had not seen the black jerseys anymore... Mm-hmm to me, is is just a little bitty nudge towards the direction of this team it and living on the past. You know, they're not living on the Jake Mangum success. They're not living on the what this team did in the past success. This is a new bunch doing things a new way. You know, we're going to bust out the pinstripes every Sunday now kind of mm. thing. Like It just feels like this team has come into its own, I guess. And, and maybe that it wasn't exactly what happened with the black pinstripes. I know Lamona said the team just... You know, they did want to shake things up, and they thought that was a team of the past. But having that discussion, having that decision made where, oh, the Blacks, that's kind of yesterday. We're a new group. That, to me, feels like a group that now they're comfortable in their own skin. They're comfortable in their own roles. And, I mean, what have you seen since the black jerseys went away? This team's kind of taken off. I mean, I'm not saying that it happened because the black jerseys right, went right, away. Right. But that mindset. The same way we're not saying that those they, those teams won those games because of the yeah, black jerseys. Yeah, but, but just the mindset of, hey, we're comfortable now. We're our own group. We know what we're doing, and, and there's some swag to this team now, and maybe in a little bit different way than, than what you've seen in the past. So then the next question for me would be, is there another level for this baseball team? Can they continue to – can they play better than they're playing now? You know, it's kind of – this past weekend, I mean, you, you saw a strong start from both McLeod and Bedner. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think at what part what part of this team right now do you look at and think this here could use some shaping up. They 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 do struggle sometimes with with runners on. I mean they 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 have they've left guys on base. 
Um, defensively, defensively is probably the, the, that. That's probably the answer. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, truthfully, I mean it's two pronged. You, you mentioned timely hitting. I mean, if State gets timely hitting, they win on Sunday. But also, if State doesn't make two errors on Saturday, they, they, and, yeah. and you get to kind of hold Landon, uh, yeah, or you don't use Landon maybe right. even on Saturday. Right. I don't know. I don't think they would have. I mean, if it's nine to one, you're not bringing Landon Simpson. Yeah, so I mean, you could make the case that defense costs you the sweep because mm-hmm. the errors. On I think that, I, I, but I would say that. Yeah, but also I would say timely hitting. Timely hitting on Sunday when yeah. you, when you're zero for seven runners scoring position and mm-hmm. you're two for fifteen runners on base. I mean, that cost you the game yeah. too. I mean, should have won the game. But I, I think that would be my answer more than anything. Is they just need to be a touch better defensively. It. I think a touch is being sort of generous. They need to be better defensively. I mean, they had two errors where on a ground ball where it's a hot shot and you can't really make the play, but you get the glove on it and they call it an error. Okay, fine. Talk about two ground balls that you just couldn't get to the first baseman. That that's that's the kind of thing that, that, that that's. It didn't cost you that game, but it cost you the next game. And there's going to be a situation where you're playing games back to back days coming soon. And you're going to need Landon Sims to throw games back to back days yes. coming soon. Yeah, can't have this. Can't continue to have this happen. And it's been an all year thing. It's just been an all year struggle, try to figure out things over there. Basically, at third uh, on the, on the right side of the infield, Forsyth has done a pretty good job over there. James has been better at third, but now it seems like they're going to go with Leggett at third and let James DH and and Hancock's at first now. Thing is, now you've rearranged the chairs on the boat so many different times. There's not really much else you can do. It's just kind of the guys now. I just got to figure it out. I mean, what else could you do? That's the, uh, that's the question. I mean, you just gotta. If you're gonna run Tanner Leggett out there, he's got to field it and he's got to throw it. You know, if you, if you choose that your lineup's better with Cam James playing third and somebody else DHing, like like you saw on Sunday with Kellen Clark running out there DHing. Um, if you feel like that's your best lineup. Okay, well, Cam James has got to be stronger defensively. I, he, who you got, who you got at this point. You know, there's no trade deadline dealing going on here as we hit the stretch run. It, it, you just – I don't really know what else you can do outside of the guys that hadn't been playing that great defensively. they got to start. <laughs> and, yeah. and, 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 and I, I do feel like that right there is what you circle the most. That, that needs to be shored up because, look, I – the pin, I think, has been fine. <laughs> I mean, you're starting pitching, like I said, got got good starts out of McLeod, got good start out of out of Bedner. Um, I mean, Fristo is kind of what he is at this point. He's usually going to be pretty good the first time through the order, and then you're he's either going to run into trouble or State's going to go to Houston Harding. It seems like at this point. So, uh, I I feel really good about where they're at. Bottom line, and. They're going to go into a regional here in a few weeks, and they should win it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to go into a super. Do you feel like the team's better suited for the regional in the College World Series than the super? Yeah, I do. I do, too. Because if something happens on Friday, and McLeod has had some games where that's yeah. like, you're going to have to come back on Sunday with, with Fristo and Harding, and I, I don't, you know, you, don't, you shouldn't have, I don't have 100% confidence in that. You know, I felt a lot better two years ago when it was uh, Small, Ginn, and Plumley than I do with uh, McLeod, Bedner, and Fristo. Yeah, there's been some starting rotation roller coaster like mm-hmm. 
emotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you just kind of hadn't. I mean, you have Christian McLeod, who now has won two SEC Pitcher of the Week awards, yeah. but there's been a couple stinkers. He's in had there a couple too. stinkers. And whereas in the you know, in terms of regional play, you know, assuming a state you're the one seed, you're probably not. You're probably going to throw Houston Harding game one, to be totally honest with you. And then game two is is McLeod. And then game three to, to win the regional is Bedner. That's fantastic. But you can't do that in the super regional. You have to throw McLeod game one. And then you, you sort of have to hope for the best. Which again, he has delivered more often than not. But there have been some games where you haven't you know, you he hasn't done that. So Yeah, I mean in a super you could get into a situation where Bedner has to win and then Fristo slash Harding. The good news win. is you have the depth in the bullpen to, to do that. You know, you put yeah. fr- you can put Fristo out there and be like, Look, any trouble at all, go get him. And then you have Harding, and then you, you should have you know Brandon Smith, Preston Johnson, Stinnett, and then you know you hopefully you still have Landon Sims at that point. So we'll see, we'll see where it goes. For you with this team, is this a national championship team? Is this a team that if are you going to be surprised if they win it? Well, G- yes and no. Yes, from the standpoint of Mississippi State's never won a national championship, right? <laughs> so so will I be surprised if they win it? Yeah, because of that. If this exact roster was wearing purple and gold uniforms, I wouldn't be surprised at all. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, this roster is absolutely talented enough to be the last team standing. Mm. The only surprise factor is Mississippi State in its, what, 150-something years of being around has never won a team national championship. Mm-hmm. So to see it actually happen... And I know it's been close. You know, yeah. Notre Dame hit a three, and the rest was history there. You know, this baseball team played UCLA a few years ago. I mean, we've seen them get close, but to actually vision in your head this team winning a national title is surprising because it's something that literally no one has ever seen. But from a talented roster standpoint, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I got another question. We'll come back to that after this. Uh, after talk about our sponsors, let's move on over to that. Talk about our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef, who are reminding you, hey, we're getting close to the summer. That's going to be barbecue season. That means you've got to get up with Welcome Home Beef and get some of those products into the fridge, into the freezer, and ready to go on the grill. Steaks, briskets, roasts. But don't forget, whenever you shop with Welcome Home Beef, they have all these great cuts. It's, it's not just about the ribeyes and the fillets with Welcome Home Beef. There's all sorts of great things like those flank steaks that I cooked on Saturday. They've got all those off-cuts, and of course, any kind of special order you're trying to put in, they can help you out with that. They're also a great dealer of country-pleasing sausage products, which we all know are the best, and a lot of other great other products in terms of you know, pork and lamb and fish and barbecue rubs and barbecue sauces. Everything you need to have the cookout you want to have, they've got you taken care of at Welcome Home Beef. Why don't you give them a call today and see what you can put in the cart? Call them at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Welcome home beef. It just tastes good. Two Brothers Smoked Meats there in the heart of the Cotton District. That is a place you know you're going to be at when you come to Starkville. You know that's on the list of places to go. Everybody's going to want to say, hey, we've got to check out Two Brothers this weekend, and why not? Incredible food, great atmosphere, one of Starkville's largest patios. It's just the place to be right there in the, in the best spot that people watch in all of Starkville. Head over there this weekend when you're up here for baseball. Head up there any time you want to go. Lunch, uh, what, six days a week. Dinner, six days a week. There's always a time to be there. And the time is now, and that's at Two Brothers Smoked 
Meats. Advantage Business Systems wants to take care of you like they've been taking care of their fellow Mississippians for nearly 50 years. They've been doing business here in the Magnolia State with businesses you know, like Mississippi State University, like Octibble Hall County Hospital. They have been doing business with them, and they've been put, helping them succeed and keep their profits high and their problems low. Anything you need as far as your office goes, copiers, printers, technology, software, anything that can help your office, they've got a, a system and a solution for that, and they back it up with the kind of customer service you expect from your next-door neighbors. Call them today and find out how they can help you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Joel, we've always talked about you know Jake Mangum. You don't want to be the guy after the guy. Is Tanner Allen the guy after the guy now? We always thought it was going to be Rowdy. Tanner is Tanner Allen, Allen the best player on this team? Is he the best? Is he? Yes. I, I feel like he's become like he is. He's, he's worked a, his he way into ascended, a pantheon. He's ascended to a new level. Yeah, he's become like you can mention him in the same breath with Mangum and Rooker and Clark and Palmero with the season he's having. Well, to and the and the and the clutch hits he's had to steal from our uh, group text with our fake friends. Mm-hmm. I told y'all yesterday. Tanner Allen has become Jake Mangum with more power. Yeah. I think that's a pretty accurate description. Do you disagree? I just, I think it's different because he's not the leadoff guy. Yeah. You know, so I, I just view well, I mean, him differently. But yeah. He, I mean, he's, he's, he's on the verge of hitting 400 for the uh, an SEC play. He is, yeah, he is hitting He's 400. hitting over 400. I'm yeah. about, you know, for the season, he's probably going to finish there. He, he hasn't, and it's not a thing of, you know, getting hot. He was hitting 297 when start, when when SEC play hit started. Normally, that's when your average starts to go down a little bit. He's jumped it up to in the 380s now. So he's he's become this player. I always thought he was a good player, but now he's one of MSU's all time greats. It feels and he's complete. Yeah, in that he's just as good with the game on the line as he is when it's ten nothing. Um, I this is gonna sound like I'm bashing Brad Cumbus. I'm not. He's had some big hits. He had some big hits against Texas A&M. I mean, kind of carried State through that series. But a lot of Cumbus hits this year, I feel like, have come in, you know, infield singles or whatever. Like, it's hard to remember the hits that Cumbus actually has mm-hmm. outside of the A&M series. Right. Like, Tanner Allen, if he comes up in a big spot, the surprise is when he doesn't deliver. Yeah. Um. He has hit from the time the word go play ball was uttered in February. And he has hit when State wins or loses with this pitch. He has... You're right. There's something to be said for the fact that he has kind of climbed into a another level of, of Mississippi State lore with what he's done over the course of the last couple months. Yeah. It's... It'll be interesting to see, like if this team wins a national championship. Well, that's that's another. I mean, thing entirely. It, it is, but I mean, it's because submit- everybody elevates with that. Everybody does. I mean, I I don't know that Tanner Allen ever ascends past that Mangum stratosphere. Mm-hmm. But as good as he's been, mm-hmm. if you cap that off with a national title too, yeah. he's right there. With yeah, with- I agree. Well, I mean, even if he gets to Omaha, he's going to be in that situation. Yeah, because I mean, that'd be three trips to Omaha and. 
I mean, you're, 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 you, Rowdy, and Josh Hatcher are the only three that can say that, that have been the three straight College World Series at Mississippi State history at that point. Um, and you're sort of, and you're the best of that bunch. Not that Rowdy hasn't been very good, but I do find it interesting. <laughs> and the one year you didn't, you you just lost in a, yeah, lost in the, a super. The, the, well, no, they didn't. No, Tanner Allen went on that team. The one year Tanner Allen didn't go to the college. Oh, that's World right. Series. That's right. He went every year. There was no series. That's right. It there was, was eighteen, no nineteen. Yeah. That's right. So I was stretching it all the way back to seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, went he on wasn't that on that team. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And like I said, when, when, when you when if they win a national title, everybody gets elevated. You know, we've been sort of waiting on somebody to t- to knock off the '85 team as that most beloved team, and I think that could happen. But it would be a totally different situation. I mean, Clark and Palmero and Brantley and Thickman, you knew you had four guys who were going to be major league baseball players. With this team, even with Tanner Allen, I'm like, I don't know who the the for sure major leaguers are. Logan Tanner is one because of what he can do defensively. Cam James has a lot of tools. Tanner Allen will play him in Major League Baseball, but there's no there's no Will Clark or Rafael Palmero on this team. Or is there? Am I am I selling Tanner Allen short? No, there's no Clark Palmero where it's just a slam dunk guy's mm-hmm. gonna get to the big leagues and and have a long career. But mm-hmm. I tell you what, Tanner Allen is a fellow that not too long ago, we sat in the press box and I told y'all on the podcast, I think a few weeks ago, we we kind of had a conversation about what about him profiles as a big league guy. Mm-hmm. And it, it was kind of tough, really, at that moment, having those conversations about it. Because, I mean, he's not a big power dude, not a big... But he's gotten to the point now, since I, since we had that conversation, a couple months later now, I mean, and you got to feel like he's, he's going to develop even more once he gets into a professional system. I don't know that he's ever going to be the best at everything, but he or at anything, but he's really darn good at everything. I mean, that has value. Mm-hmm. Even if he's a fourth outfielder for somebody somewhere, and he's got the mindset to. I mean, I, I said it yesterday, and I'm not kidding. If if the Braves at some point in those twenty rounds l- look at Tanner Allen and they want to recreate the, uh, they want to have the whole mini me Chipper Jones experience, yeah. I'm all for it right now because Tanner Allen's such a third? such a gamer. Well, I don't know about third, but. You know, Chipper played some outfield. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but man, uh, he is, to me, he has climbed and elevated himself to a different level than where he was, even in February. I mean, he was good in February. Yeah. But I, he's, a, he's a star. I mean, that's what he is right now for Mississippi State. I mean, he's a guy that when you're an opponent and you play State, you circle him, and he ain't beating me. You know, I'll let Luke Hancock beat me, but I ain't letting Tanner Allen But teams have been letting Tanner Allen beat them all year. All year, but I, I don't get it. I mean, I'm glad from a state perspective, I'm sure everybody's thrilled that, that they do that, but if I'm coaching against Mississippi State, ain't no way in heck with the game on the line unless the bases are loaded and I just can't walk him or something. I ain't pitching to Tanner Allen. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a hit. This was just tweeted. I guess he's listening in to us, Greg. Greg Campbell just tweeted this MSU's baseball SID. Let's get the SEC Player of the Year started conversation started with Tanner Allen. Only SEC hitter with 300 average and top 15 in the SEC in runs, hits, and RBI. Top 50 nationally in hits, runs, and RBI. 406 average in SEC play with 24 runs, 39 hits, and 27 RBI. I mean, yeah. Like who who is the SEC Player of the Year? I mean, who else? Who else stands out? Elko was on that path before he got hurt. Or, yeah. 
Um, Vanderbilt doesn't have a big hitter. You know, one of our Arkansas bats, Christian Franklin, maybe. I, I was going to say one of those big bats with Arkansas. Franklin's probably the guy. There. I don't have their numbers in front of me, but they're great. I just, just assume that they are. Yeah, Franklin is probably the guy for Arkansas. It might be that. Might be the race there with those two guys. And, and Franklin will have the edge because they are going to win the SEC. It looks like, and they beat Mississippi State three games. And Franklin, Franklin's probably got better power numbers. And and power yeah. numbers when it comes to baseball people voting. I know it's always been said since. Uh, Glavin and Maddox had their commercial that chicks dig the long ball. Yeah. Well, people voting on awards like the long ball, too. Right now. And I bet uh, their power Fra- numbers are a little better. Franklin is hitting 309, 10 home runs, 46 RBI. Okay, so it ain't that. It's not that big. It's not that big, yeah. I mean, Tanner's hitting better. He's got, he's only a couple homers behind, right? I think Tanner's got, what, eight homers? He has eight, yeah. So, I don't know. The only what other about guy- the uh, the other guy for Arkansas? The, uh, yes. Feels like he's had. Let's have us a look at him, shall we? Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you had like their entire roster. No, there. I just had his. Good heart on the year. No, that's still that's still him. Never mind. Um, those. Are the, <sighs> I feel like Goodhart's. Every time I, I check the Arkansas Twitter account, I feel like Goodhart's doing something. Goodhart on the season is hitting 317 with 12 home runs, only 31 RBI on 12. Okay, home so runs. I mean, that, it's not a runaway for sure. Well, these last two weekends will probably. Yeah, I think the pitcher of the year. Although that's gotten a little. Who's the kid from Tennessee that took lighter deep a couple times? Ah, uh, that's another guy. I can't think of his name. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he, he'll be in the conversation. Um, and Wes Clark's going to be in the conversation, even though his SEC numbers have not been great. His overall numbers are really good. That kid from A and M may have won the SEC Player of the Year just for the weekend he had against Ole Miss. Five home runs <laughs> in one weekend. He uh, and then you know for pitcher of the year, I think. I think it's going to end up being Kumar Rocker because he's just been more consistent, more consistent. and lighter. I think Landon Sims deserves, and so does Kevin Copps. From Nikhazy's uh, in Nikhazy is he's he's in it. He's a guy that you're voting for third. He's your third place guy. You know, I, I who'd you vote for? I went lighter. I went Rocker. You know, lighter Nikhazy, or I went Rocker Sims Nikhazy, something like that. So we'll see. We'll see how it all works out. All right, tomorrow's show is the Rumblings, which means you've got to get some questions into us to talk about. We'll do all that. Thursday's show, special teams breakdown, uh, and we'll talk a little more baseball. And then, of course, on Friday, or no, I guess Thursday we have to preview. Yeah, yeah we Thursday, Friday, a, Saturday series. Series starting there. So means we got a late night Thursday show. Thursday huh? night, that rare Friday recap show uh, for, for uh, Mississippi State Missouri game one. So we'll do that. Guys, have a great weekend, and we'll be, I'm sorry, weekend. Great uh, Tuesday. Back with you on a Wednesday for Joel T. Coleman. Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.